Hey everyone, it's Jess with a quick update for you all. Um, I thought this time I would, I think I, I often talk about, you know, regulation, emotional control and all that, but I thought this time I'd shift gears a little bit and talk about posture, our postural system, because um, I think sometimes we overlook at it as therapists, at least I find I miss it sometimes. Um, you know, we know that proximal stability leads to distal control. So we know that having that really strong, steady core and shoulder um, stability is important for our more dexterity type tasks. One way I explain this to parents who are really not getting that connection of why that's so important is I give them the example of the fishing pole. And I think one of my professors probably in grad school gave me this example. So I'm really, I'm stealing it, but I think it's a great visual so I explained to them, you know, a fishing pole and I don't fish, so I don't know like proper terminology, I'm sure, but I'll explain, you know, if you take a fishing pole and you imagine you have a sturdy fishing rod and then you have the flexible line at the end and I can take that rod and I can fling it back. And because it's nice and strong and sturdy, I have great control over the end of my line. But if you imagine that same situation, but instead of a sturdy rod in your hand, you have a limp spaghetti noodle you no longer have control over the end of that line. And I think when you explain it like that, families can really understand the difference in that piece. And so I use that analogy sometimes to explain to families how important the strong, like stable postural system is for having that dexterity control, especially when I'm trying to educate them on why we're doing weight bearing and core work when their concern is handwriting um, and fine motor skills and how you have to strengthen that piece. Um, well, that's one piece, but I think posture can also be a demand in our regulation cup. And I've talked about the regulation cup before, um, but just briefly, it's the idea of, you know, every demand that's placed on us in a day or any lagging skill that we may have is something else that fills up the cup. And when that cup overflows, we generally see behaviors and that's where people want to intervene. Like parents are going, oh my gosh, my kid's melting down. Um, and our job is to figure out, well, what's in the cup and how can we take those things out of the cup? And I think the postural instability can be a demand in the cup. It can impact our balance. It can impact our safety and space. I remember working with a patient who, you know, she had some vestibular issues, but she was low tone and also had a lot of postural instability. And just the way she moved through space highlighted this. She was slow and uneasy and everything looked like she was being extra, extra cautious. And I remember, um, you know, we worked a lot on core and everything, but there were so many pieces. Um, and one day I, I think I did like tape. I, we did kinesio tape for postural stability and I, I put the tape on her and all of a sudden she was super comfortable seeking out some of these balanced experiences. Like she was seeking out the balance beam and walking on different surfaces that were really unsteady. Um, so that had a huge impact on just the way she navigated her space, her postural system. Our postural system is also that system that responds to catch us and keep us upright. So I always think about how much safety, how much security you have to feel, um, from that, that piece of it. You know, if you, you stumble and you trip and your postural system, your vestibular system is not quick enough to catch you, to tell you, whoops, you're falling. This is the direction you're falling in. And here are the muscles that need to respond to keep you upright in space. You might not feel comfortable in any space and especially spaces you're not familiar with because you might not know what to expect. And can I handle the unexpected? So I definitely see with a lot of our kids with more, 
you know, postural instability difficulties, that piece of it. I've also seen kids with postural instability be trickier to identify because they use momentum as um, a compensation strategy. <laughs> so they are constantly running and in motion because it's almost like if you get them to slow down and stop, they lose all of their stability. Um, so sometimes I find those kids, once I help slow them down through ways I've modified the activity, whether that's, you know, walking, you know, carefully over foam pillows and while you're balancing something on a spoon, something that like requires your body to slow down and be stable, where until I do that, sometimes I don't necessarily notice um, those differences. Um, but it's something to keep in mind when you're looking at a child that you think, I think there's some postural instability. They don't have a super strong core and they don't seem super stable in certain situations, but yet they're not falling over in space because maybe they're just running around. Or I also have seen kids where they um, just like deliberately crash, you know, because if I'm going to fall anyways and I make it purposeful, then, you know, am I really making a mistake? Not really. I just look like I'm... I like to crash and jump. So it's always something, you know, certainly there could be sensory seeking components too, but uh, something to think about is that it could be also some postural instability. And then I've also seen our postural system impact a lot of other skills. So, you know, one skill, obviously that is, um, I think more obvious perhaps, you know, our balance, of course, we talked about that, but also our coordination. You know, I think about the example of like jumping jacks. When I watch a child do jumping jacks, and you think about how much core stability you need to bring your body up through space and kick both legs out at the same time and bring them back together. And I see my kids who struggle with postural stability often, it's not both legs going out together because they just can't do it. Um, I think until I had a baby and felt what it felt like to not have a core afterwards, I didn't even fully realize or grasp the impact of our postural system and our abdominals um, for stability and, and how it connects to everything else. So I remember being like 12 weeks postpartum, I had a C-section and trying to go running for the first time, I could barely get, I could not get both legs off the ground, right? So I'm, I was basically speed walking because I had to have one foot on the ground because I literally could not bring both legs up. And I felt like my pelvis was going to detach from my body. <laughs> so I was like, wow, this, I don't have any abs. <laughs> I don't have any stability. So our kids who feel kind of floppy, that can have an impact on them. You know, sometimes I see kids jumping on the trampoline and every jump, it's like, it's like a wave through their body. They're not sturdy and bouncing and stabilizing themselves. They're just like jumping and flailing around because they just don't have that control. But some areas you might not notice as much or maybe less obvious is um, our head and neck control and our, our eyes. So we have to have a stable head and neck to move our eyes. Um, and not be overly fatigued if we're having to turn our whole head and our whole body to look at things versus just our eyes. We're doing a lot more work than we need to be and potentially impacting the activity. If I have to turn my body to look at something versus just my eyes, I, it might change the structure of the activity. Um, and then obviously we need that nice stable base to use our eyes. Our, our eye movement is also a fine motor skill. So if you think about that same analogy with the fishing pole, we also need a really strong head and neck to use our eyes effectively. And so you might see 
um, tracking and ocular motor related issues with our kids who have postural issues. Similarly, you may see coordination issues because anytime I don't have a strong stable base, I can't dissociate that part of my body from another part of my body. You know, so those jumping, the jumping jack example, I can't move my legs separately from my trunk because I just don't have a stable enough trunk. Um, so the same thing that it can impact oral motor skills. If I don't have a strong head and neck base of the tongue or base of the tongue is, you know, part of that head and neck kind of structure, I can't move my, my tongue with great control. And you'll see that sometimes with kids where when they're trying to move their tongue, they're moving their entire jaw or their entire head. Sometimes I've had some kids almost, I thought they were going to fall out of their chair. I just asked them to imitate some simple tongue lateralization, stick out their tongue and their whole body moved with their tongue. Um, so that would obviously not be a very efficient way to eat. Right. Um, and then the other piece is how it impacts attention and engagement and even eye contact. So I've worked with a number of our autistic patients who have poor postural control and I, some of them, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into attention and not, but one piece I think to keep in mind is that it can also be the postural system. I've had some kids that have such weak cores that they are extending their back. And if you extend your back, naturally your head kind of goes up. And these are kids that were constantly looking up at the ceiling. It was so much work for them to bring their head down or even a little bit to make eye contact with somebody or to look down at their shoe that they're trying to put on. Or same when I would get them into a you know seated position, they would be like flailing back and not able to bring their head and neck down to, you know, their shoe or whatever we were working on to put on. So um, it's a huge piece of being able to direct our eye gaze too. So that's another thing to look at with our kids who maybe are struggling with that sustained eye contact. And then you can look at how can you modify that postural system so they don't have to work so, so hard. So sometimes with those kids, I'll put them up against a wall so that they have a surface to lean on, support their posture, they don't have to work hard for their head and neck control. And now they might actually get better eye gaze in some situations. Um, for example, I have some kids that engage great if I can get them in the Lycra swing where they're like fully supported and they're not having to work hard. And then they're already positioned in a, a spot where they can look up at me with ease and they'll engage beautifully. Granted, they're also getting vestibular input or in the red cone where they can lounge back and same thing. Head and neck is supported. I don't have to work hard. Now I can direct my eye gaze a little bit more. So there's a lot of things I think to think about with postural instability and how it can impact and how it might show up in our patients. Um, I'm sure I didn't even cover all of them, but I just wanted to start the discussion on it. If there's more things you think of related to this, feel free to share or reach out if you have any questions. Thanks.